Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. How's it going, Giants fans? Welcome back to Fireside Giants with your boys Alex and Anthony. Today we're discussing the impact that Saquon Barkley can have against the Minnesota Vikings in the wild card. Now, Saquon Barkley um, had a had a lesser second half of the season than he did a first half of the season. He was electrifying. He had been dealing with a couple injuries down the stretch. Uh, so we're not surprised to see that he kind of took a step back or at least just wasn't showing that that same production that he did early in the season. But it seems like they're going to take the chains off. They're going to really let him run wild in the wild card. Uh, and I'm pretty excited to see what he can accomplish with that free reign and the fact that he can be leaned on as a workhorse. You know, they've got to be able to utilize him pretty effectively. And I think that Mike Kafka, Brian Dable, they have it in their capacity to get the most out of a generational-level talent when it comes to Saquon Barkley, as we all know, the gold jacket guy. So hopefully this wild card can show us what he's capable of in an elimination setting, you know what I mean? Like, this is... Saquon Barkley's been waiting for this opportunity for a very, very, very long time. He's never been to the postseason. This is his first chance to showcase what he can do at an elevated level, and I think that ultimately he's got all the skills to be an elite-level player when it matters most. So I'm excited to kind of break down how Saquon Barkley can get active in this game, how he can open up opportunities for other playmakers on this offense, um, especially when we're talking about Daniel Jones and his ability to run the football. Definitely want to discuss that as well in terms of just having a dominant running game. But, Anthony, before we dive into it, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great, getting more and more excited every single day for playoff football on Sunday afternoon, and Saquon Barkley playing his first playoff game of his career. Now, he's one of those big players who shows up in big moments, so I'm expecting a huge game out of Saquon. We know that the Giants have been kind of resting him in recent weeks. He's been dealing with a little bit of an injury. He's been a little bit hobbled, but he's been looking healthier and healthier every week, but the Giants haven't necessarily been increasing his workload because they've been in some games that against the Colts. They didn't really need him to win that game uh, against the Eagles. They rested him like they rested most of the starters so he's gotten a chance here to kind of rest and slow down and just get ready for the postseason and I think he's going to be ready I think he's going to go out there and hit the ground running when you look at the first half of the season as you mentioned Alex a lot of games where he was taking over 30 handoffs per game going for over 150 yards per game he was just a monster unstoppable second half of the season though when he was dealing with that injury it was a slight injury wasn't one that kept him out of any games but he wasn't exactly the same player and he needed to slow down and rest up and I think that's what that week 18 game provided for Saquon Barkley where the Giants rested the majority of their starters he really just got an opportunity to hit the reset button and get ready for a new season because the postseason is a brand new season now it's the knockout stages as you mentioned it's elimination games and everyone needs to bring their a game Saquon Barkley needs to turn in the best performances of his career in the postseason because if you watch that sights and sounds from last week or the game against uh, the Colts Saquon Barkley's on the sideline he said getting in doesn't mean anything let's go win it all so that's Saquon Barkley's mission that's the mission of the New York Giants and I can't wait to see him hopefully go out there and achieve that mission Absolutely. I mean, reflecting on week one, you know, you guys remember Saquon Barkley coming off of, you know, kind of a couple injury riddled seasons. He wanted to showcase what he could do. I expect to see week one version of Saquon Barkley, what he did against the Tennessee Titans, a good defense for what it's worth. 18 carries for 164 yards, a touchdown on the ground and 30 reception yards. Um, you know, this is a receiving yards rather. This is a very, I think, 
good way to look at what Saquon is capable of when he turns it on. You know what I mean? Late in games, when he's feeling good and he's like, I'm just going to take over. I'm saving up my energy, saving up. You know, we're in this game. I got to make something happen now. We've seen him go crazy when he wants to. When he's feeling good, when he's in his rhythm, there's no one that can stop Saquon Barkley. And, and I feel as though um, the Vikings have a below average rush to, rush defense, running defense, and then you have a below average pass defense uh, from them as well. This is a game where Saquon Barkley not only could dominate on the ground, but through the air as well. You know, looking at a player that has a very, very good catch rate this season, um, sending out, what, a 75% catch rate. That's the second highest in his career, pretty much exactly the same as his rookie campaign back in 2018. Um, he's rushed for over 1,300 yards. He actually has a career high in rushing yards this season by 5, 13, 12. Um, and then he has 10 rushing touchdowns, which is one less than his, his rookie campaign. But, you know, when you're looking at how Saquon Barkley can impact this game, I'd say early on, set the tone on the ground. You know what I mean? He's got to come out guns blazing. This can't be a situation where you're waiting until the fourth quarter for him to pick it up. I want him to come out of the gates on fire, you know, running hard, picking up extra yards, picking up, picking up chunk plays. This is where the running, the 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 run blockers are going to come up big. You know, looking at guys like Mark Lewinsky, who's a better run blocker than he's a pass protector. Looking at Evan Neal, same thing. Um, Andrew Thomas dominant across the board. John Feliciano, better run uh, blocker. And, you know, even Ben Bredersen's pretty solid in that, in that respect. So if, if the Giants are going to win this game, they got to control possession. And because you're going to Minnesota and playing in that dome, there's no weather factor, right? So, like, it's not like the ball's going to be slippery. You know, you really can just maintain that possession. You want to keep the ball out of the hands um, of Minnesota's offense at all costs. That's kind of like what the 49ers do. You look at what the San Francisco 49ers do, elite running game. That is what they predicate their offense on. They keep the ball away from their opponent. They will score 30, 35 plus points because they have a very high octane offense to begin with. But because their offense is so prominent on the ground, they're able to limit turnovers because of that. You know, fumbling is a lot less frequent, I would imagine, than um, a wide receiver fumbling or even an interception. So, you know, you're running back fumbling, especially when you have a guy like Saquon Barkley rarely ever fumbles, knock on wood. Um, he, that, that's definitely something that I believe is a is a pretty important variable to consider. Keeping the ball away from Minnesota in their home field um, is essential. Doing that, establishing the run is the number one factor in my opinion because you can you can eat up the clock, you can control your the the field um, a lot more efficiently. And Saquon Barkley is capable of taking over. So Anthony, when you're looking at how the Giants can establish the run here, you know what are you looking at specifically? Because I know you know Minnesota has some decent edge rushers. Um, linebackers are okay at best; they're not very good. Um, and, their, and their secondary is weak. So, you know, this is a, 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 an opportunity for the Giants to really showcase their strengths. Saquon Barkley is a strength, and he should be a prominent strength and a, and a factor in this wildcard game. Yeah, he should be 100%. It's Saquon Barkley. It's the Saquon show. He's the superstar of the New York Giants offense. They need to feed Saquon. But when you take a look at this Minnesota Vikings defense, they're bad. It is a bad defense. Their pass, uh, their pass defense is 31st in the NFL. They are terrible in that regard. But then, as you mentioned, their rush defense is also in the bottom half of the NFL. Now, the reason why is because most teams choose to pass on them because they know how bad their passing defense is. But that statistic of them being wherever they are, maybe 18th or 20th in rush defense, would probably be worse. It's just teams know that they can throw the ball on them, so they do. But you can also run the ball with ease on Minnesota. Like, any team can go out there and pretty much just hang 500 yards of offense on, on Minnesota Vikings defense on any given Sunday. I mean, the Giants nearly did put up 500. They put up, I think, 430-something or even more in that first contest in Week 16. So the Giants offense should have its best game of the season. This is when they need it, and they're going up against a defense 
defense that is really bad. So this is the perfect time to unleash the beast. Let Saquon feast. So that's what you want to see in this game. You want to feed Saquon Barkley and you want to get him going early on and set the tone for this match. Keep possession. Keep the ball clean. That was ultimately what lost the Giants that game. They lost by three points, but they had two possessions that they turned over. So two turnovers, give the ball away two times. They get some points out of that. That is ultimately what cost the Giants the game. Zero turnovers out of Minnesota. They kept the ball clean. If the Giants can keep the ball clean, win the turnover battle, I think they can win this game because that was the, the difference in the first matchup. And when you put the ball in the hands of Saquon Barkley, your odds of winning the turnover battle are significantly higher. He fumbled one time this season and he didn't even lose that fumble. It went out of bounds. I'm pretty sure that was in week one. And I think he's only ever lost one fumble in his career, if I'm not mistaken. If so, it's, it's less than three. He doesn't fumble the ball. He is very good at keeping the ball secure. I mean, look at Saquon Barkley. Look at the way he's built. Who is ripping the ball out of his hands, right? So, I mean, that's really the, the key here is the Giants need to win that turnover battle. And like you mentioned, they can establish a tone by running the ball, but keeping the ball clean through the running game is really the main factor here. And I was watching a video the other day. It was um, Chris Sims, Phil Sims' son. He's an analyst for either Fox or NBC or whatever. And he was talking about how the Vikings stink at everything on defense and he thinks that the Giants that he kept saying the, the Vikings think the Vikings think and he was like the Giants in the last matchup knew that they the Vikings defense stunk in pass defense so they threw the ball more than they wanted to but if they would have realized how badly they stink in run defense too they should have gone with that route because they they pretty much beat themselves the Giants. They they put Daniel Jones in a position where he ended up throwing an interception, turning the ball over. They threw it a higher, a higher rate than they usually do. But when you really look at that defense, it's kind of like everyone knows that they can pass on the, on the Vikings. They can throw the ball on the Vikings. So that's what they do. But that's not what they have to do. So the Giants don't need to go into this game knowing that it's the 31st ranked pass defense and say, Daniel Jones, get ready. You're throwing the ball 40-something times in this game because they have such a bad pass defense. No, that's not what you need to do. You still need to play your game. And that's kind of what the Giants failed to do in that first matchup. They didn't really play their game on offense. Did we see a great performance out of Daniel Jones, a great performance out of Isaiah Hodgins? Absolutely, we did. We saw those players rise to the occasion against a very bad pass defense. But the Giants got away from what, what has made their offense successful all season long. And that's been the rushing game. Daniel Jones didn't really get busy with his legs in that game. Saquon Barkley wasn't much of a factor. I mean, he had a good game. He, I think he averaged like seven yards per carry in that game, but he didn't get that many carries. So go into this game, establish your offensive game plan the same one that's worked all season long which is a rush first attack and you complement that with a surgical passing game because that's what Daniel Jones does best he doesn't necessarily create a bunch of big time plays and explosive plays with passes downfield but he's accurate and he's efficient as a passer so you complement that with a very strong running game that's the Giants formula to winning they got away from that in week 16 but if they get back to that for this postseason I don't care how bad that Vikings pass defense is establish the run, play your brand of offense that's gotten you all of these wins this season. That's the key to winning for the New York Giants. Absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't have said it better myself. And ultimately, when you're looking at establishing the run, what does that do? Opens up play action. And what does that do for you? It allows the passing game to succeed. So the, the Giants have been tremendous with play action, bootlegs, running the football, and using those three variables to extrapolate on uh, their strengths. And I believe that Saquon Barkley being, like you said, the superstar of this offense, he's the leader, he's the one you set the tone with, is going to go crazy in the postseason, you know? His first opportunity in meaningful football in January, now I guess we're pushed a week, so in January, 
this is exciting, man. This is what he's been waiting for. We may not have seen this level of Saquon Barkley yet. We may have not seen this level of Daniel Jones or or any of these offensive weapons. This is, you know, regular season football, it's different. The atmosphere is different. The the results are different. You know, you keep going. You know, this is something that these guys have been playing their hearts out for. You know, you don't just make the postseason by accident. The Giants work their asses off with a lot of moving pieces because of the injuries and lack of talent, and they've fought their way to this opportunity. They're not going to let it go right now. This is going to be an extraordinary performance, in my opinion, from guys like DJ, guys like Saquon Barkley against a bad defense in their home. And I, honestly, I think I like the Giants at home too. I like the Giants away in this game because I feel like they don't, they're not going to feel the pressure of being at home and everyone kind of you know, expecting them to have this insane. I think they're going to enjoy that clean weather, that opportunity to go back into Minnesota. They were just there. It's like playing a divisional opponent. They're, they were just there a couple of weeks ago, and now they get to go back, and they know what to expect. They know what it's going to feel like, and they know that they can beat them in their house because they lost on a 61-freaking-yard field goal, and the only reason they actually had an opportunity was because Justin Jefferson took a screen pass 25 yards to get them into position to even have an attempt. That's not going to happen again. You know, they said Kirk Cousins audibled to that play and they gave him an opportunity and Wink Martindale, you know, sent the house and got and got kind of beaten because of it. He said, I'd do it again because I believe in our defense. You put a Dory Jackson in position there now, who's been really good, by the way, at tackling on those on those screen passes and out wide. I'm excited to see, and it seems like Adore Jackson's going to play, having all hands on deck, which we discussed yesterday. Uh, but on the offensive side, as you said, liabilities across that Vikings defense. The Giants need to set the tone with the run. Use that to extrapolate on play action plays. Get Daniel Jones running. And that's another variable I wanted to discuss. Daniel Jones on the ground. He is almost even with Josh Allen this year in terms of rushing. 706 yards, I believe, on the ground with seven rushing touchdowns. They have not really used him prominently until the Colts. They, they really used him a lot in the beginning of the season. He was running the football quite well. Then he had that ankle injury that kind of shut him down for a couple of weeks in terms of running the football. Played him a lot more as a kind of play action and, and, and you know simply just using him as a pocket passer. But now he's back to full strength, and they showed us. And I think they, they by using him so effectively on the ground— they planted a seed in the Colts' mind that they may, they may have to spy on Daniel Jones. And what does a spy do? It takes a guy out of coverage and allows you to even beat them even more um, through the passing game. So if they're spying on Daniel Jones, they're taking a linebacker out. You know who's going to benefit from that, Anthony? Saquon Barkley, because they need a linebacker to cover him. And if they have a spy on Daniel Jones, it's going to take somebody out of coverage, and there's going to be someone that's open because of it. Daniel Bellinger, another guy I would be looking at as a prominent piece in this offense in the wild card. Anthony, what are you thinking about the concept of, you know, they planted the seed that Daniel Jones will run all, all over them if they give him the running lanes. Do you think they're going to spy on him? Because I feel like they may have to. Yeah, I think they do have to. I think that's the only way that you really stop Daniel Jones. When the Giants start scheming that offense together to run through Daniel Jones as a rusher, it's really tough to stop. So you have to throw some QB spies out there, some QB contains, and you really have to just start putting more defensive backs out there in general who have the speed to match up with Daniel Jones. So if Daniel Jones starts rushing for a ton of yardage in this game, it's going to get really tricky for the opposing defense of the Minnesota Vikings to game plan for that. And yeah, it's going to leave them vulnerable in some positions. It's going to open things up for... As you mentioned, Saquon Barkley. When the when the defense keys in on Daniel Jones and how great of a rushing attack he provides, they do sometimes kind of forget about Dan, about Saquon Barkley. And Saquon Barkley ends up ripping some big runs and creating some huge opportunities for himself. So that QB spy thing that you mentioned is really crucial. And if you look back to that game against the Colts in the second half, the Colts still threw some quarterback spies out there. 
and then and Daniel Jones still rushed for touchdowns like one of those rushing touchdowns that he had against the Colts the 10 yarder on the left side there was a QB spy on that play he just outran him so Daniel Jones is different like he is just so much faster than any linebacker that's matched up against him he is one of the fastest quarterbacks in the NFL and he is a dynamic weapon with a ball in his hand so you get Daniel Jones out in space you call some plays for him he's going to take off and he's going to make some big time plays and I think that looking back to week 18 the Giants resting their starters Daniel Jones got a whole week to sit there rest up and get ready for the postseason we're talking about how big of a game this is for Saquon Barkley his first postseason game same thing for Daniel Jones this is his first time in the postseason in a contract year and it's a fourth season of his career it's the best season that he's had this is really exciting for Daniel Jones but when you look at just the impact that he can make in the rushing game this is the game where you want to see it happen he's fully rested and the Giants last time they faced Minnesota I don't even think they called many rushing plays for Daniel Jones maybe one or two I know he scrambled a couple times but for the most part they pretty much contained him to being a passer in that game. So watch them totally switch that up. The Vikings might go back, rewatch that film, be like, yeah, the Giants, Daniel Jones, these are the throws that he likes to make. This is how we defend him. And then not realize that that's not usually how Daniel Jones plays. He's not a pocket passer. He's going to go out there, maybe take like 10 carries and just shred the Vikings defense. Hopefully, you know, that's what you want to see. So I don't think the Vikings are going to anticipate Daniel Jones running as much as the Giants are going to ask him to run because the first matchup, they didn't ask him to run very much. So I think that's going to be something that can potentially catch the Vikings by surprise. And like you said, open things up for Saquon Barkley and the rest of these players. And I think that when you really look at it, Daniel Jones's legs are the X factor of the Giants offense. It is. It's that extra variable the Giants need to keep defenses on edge and pairing that with Saquon Barkley and an effective passing game, which has kind of developed over the last couple of weeks. And, and okay, number one thing, okay, we kind of had a couple number one things, but a big variable here that is kind of going under the radar, the Giants receivers need to catch the freaking ball, okay? We cannot have drops in the playoffs. Remember Green Bay, how many drops we had? That's what lost us that, that game, you know? You got to have your receivers playing at a high level. Richie James was great against the Colts. Need to catch the football. Against Minnesota, dropped that key third and five pass. Ended up really putting us in a bad spot down the stretch. Um, Darius Slayton, the, the freaking nightmares I've had of him dropping footballs. I need him to catch the freaking ball when it goes his way. Hodgins, I trust. He is one of, has some of the best hands on the team. He has, what, 84% catch rate, 85% catch rate. He's fine. I, I, I have confidence in him. But James and Slayton got to catch the freaking football, you know? That could end up being the difference between winning and losing. Football is a game of inches, and when you have receivers that have a kind of a liability at some time at some points because of it, it, it can hurt you. So that's another thing I wanted to throw out there that they need to catch the football because that is the difference between winning and losing football games in the playoffs. But guys, I'd love your perspectives and opinions below in the YouTube comments as always. Make sure to have a fantastic Friday and weekend. We got the Sunday wild card game coming up at four thirty. Got you guys covered with any news that breaks over the next couple of days regarding injuries or whatnot. But Seems like the Giants are really healthy and things are progressing nicely for guys like Aziz Ojolari and Adore Jackson, which is exactly what we wanted to see heading into the weekend. But make sure to like and subscribe as always. And shout out to Tibisaurus Rex, our good luck charm, who has been with us since week one when we said this is our new luck charm and the Giants are currently in the playoffs. So I kind of get the sense that Tibisaurus Rex, and I know it's totally butchering the actual dinosaur's name, but we just named him Tibisaurus Rex for the fun of it. And he's been he's been our good luck charm, and he's been he's been here with us throughout the whole thing. If you guys remember a couple months ago when we first coined him a good luck charm, I think that he may pull out another stop for us against the Minnesota Vikings. But as I said before, leave a like, leave a subscription, and we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Giants episode. Mm -hmm.